0: And welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM and Rough Neck Scarves. We're the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be discussing a disappointing home draw. We've got our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report, a, a secret surprise interview uh, with, who knows, it could be anyone. <laughs> And uh, then we're going to preview the match Against the Charlotte Independents this week uh, And we'll we'll get out of here We're going to keep this one nice and brief Because It's just me and one other person Me and you You and me It's Bill to me Hello Bill
1: <laughs> Joe, Joe, you have quite a good voice for singing I think you should sing more on the podcast
0: <laughs> How are you doing, Bill?
1: I'm doing good. You know, I I can't complain um, other than tying one of the worst teams in the league, I guess you could say.
0: Yes. And I will put that in perspective when we get into that a little bit. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) I think both teams had zany draws this this past week for the New York Red Bulls, obviously uh, a 3-3 draw in D.C. where... Most of the team didn't show up, but Bradley Wright Phillips did, so good good on him there. Uh and,
1: for Bradley Wright Phillips.
0: And here we've got a really strange match. Abong scores a goal, Andreas Ivan scores a goal, uh, but uh, TFC kept putting the screws to the Red Bulls. Uh, I don't blame Ryan Marrow for any of the goals that that he gave up, uh, but this was just sort of a, a, a wacky, terrible match for a a home match at MSU, which we're we're not really that used to. I know they've laid a couple eggs there, but I think for the most part, they've been very solid at home and this was not that, that kind of match.
1: Yeah, it definitely wasn't that kind of match. And I would definitely say that the rebels too definitely have a home field advantage at MSU. And also when they play at rebel arena uh, earlier in the season, but Ryan Mayer, I mean, you can't blame it on on goalkeeping at all this this time around or anything like that. Um, (laughs) It's almost like the defense didn't show up. And I feel like we were talking about this last week, too. I I don't know what's going on with the defense from watching the game. You can easily see Toronto is getting in behind the defense and they're just kind of watching the game go by. So it was it was rough to watch.
0: Well, I mean, it look, it started out good enough. Uh, Bong scores his first goal uh, since rejoining the team. We've been waiting for a while for that to happen. Uh, I think everybody's excited for him to finally get uh, that off his back because he's he's kind of been a little bit snake bit, um, a little bit rusty. But you know, he he comes into this match ten minutes in, he gets a quick goal. It seems like okay, this is going to be an easy victory. You know, twelve minutes later. The defense completely falls asleep, and Dom's um, caught up field again. Doesn't track the runner. Uh, they're able to cross in, and I think it was a, a, a Subasa Endo who just taps in a really easy goal. And then things just got worse from there. Where uh the, the defense I feel like at times were just flat footed or not up for this game, and that I don't understand, given the the issues that they've had of late and on the road and knowing how important these points were at home it just it, it was a little bit frustrating,
1: yeah, and uh like you said, they're a bong you know scoring in the beginning of the game there where he kind of pulled the goalie out of the goal and went around a few of the Toronto players and scored it was was pretty awesome, and that was you know, a great start because you're like, oh, man, he actually scored. It's his first goal back. He's back in the groove of things. You know, this is going to be a good game, especially from what we've seen other games that have started like that. If you look back at the Atlanta United mm-hmm. game at MSU and things like that, where it was like a six or seven
0: goal. Right. They get on the, bo- the board first and then yeah. nobody can catch up to them. Right. Yeah. that's
1: just it's like they've lost that. You know, ability to do that and the momentum to do that. Because all the previous games, you know, once they scored early, it was just you know an awesome game to watch because they kept on building more and more up. You know, on that one goal, but not not here this past week.
0: I got to think at least some of this is confidence based because the the defense. I just don't understand what's happening there with them because uh, you know a couple of weeks ago they looked so strong against Pen FC, and now again they're they're really struggling to, to kind of make things work. Um, the, the goals, the Red Bull scored in this, I thought were all really nice. Uh, Andreas Ivan had a beautiful cutback, uh, and finished the far post from like a really strange angle on the right, uh, side of the box. That was good. We got to see, uh, Amanda Moreno. He looked sharp in his time out there. Um, Brian white back with the team scores a goal off a corner kick. You know, there, there were positives in this match, but none on the other side of the ball. Uh, and I think at least one of the things that we had been questioning is the leadership uh, on the back line, and you know, is Evan Lorio maybe letting the team down in terms of not being that vocal leader? But when you're there, you hear him and and you see him really being involved and in trying to organize, uh, and that's not working. But when you have someone as um, professional and experienced as Ryan Mara back there you know that he's doing a good job in terms of communicating with his back line and trying to set things up and they're still faltering. So, I mean, we we're, we'll get into this a little bit later when we talk about uh, the playoffs and stuff, but these are some really troubling signs in terms of, you know, how they're going to finish out this year and if they're even going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it it sure is because everybody was pretty much banking on this to be, You know, a three point game
0: considering
1: how close everybody is next to each other in the Eastern Conference, right around that red line there. You have, you know, multiple teams that are within just single points of each other. So three points would have been huge at home, especially considering the fact they only have one more regular season home game at
0: MSU. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. So you've got two matches left, and four points would have been a really nice haul from those two matches, uh, considering that Pittsburgh is the other team that they have to play. So being able to beat Toronto FC should have been a given and then getting another point uh, from uh, Pittsburgh would have been another big result for this team. However, they don't get the win here. It's possible. They don't get another win uh, for the run of the season. And that is where you get into some really scary uh, uh, thoughts because they are really skirting that line just like you said, and every every minute of every match from this point forward is critical for the Red Bulls and uh, breaking those habits of when they're falling asleep and not tracking runners or or uh, getting caught in uh, on challenges away from goal. Uh, like uh, Hassan and Dom has a tendency to kind of you know pull himself out of position either wide or up front uh, trying to make these tackles that is is going to be killer from this point forward and they really need to sort that out and what that's going to take i'm not really sure because it, it's not you know we've seen every yeah. bit of personnel that could be sh- uh, shook out of this lineup on that back line and we've yet to see an effective consistent back line
1: yeah that is a really good question there um don't want to dive into the playoff talk too much because i know we're gonna talk about it later like you said things are really close there yeah and uh there's ottawa seventh place uh yeah
0: yeah now that yeah we'll we'll go into that later but um let's talk man of the match who you got
1: man of the match uh for me probably is going to be a bong it's nice to see him back and uh getting his scoring back back on again there and that first goal was was pretty awesome so uh that was pretty much uh, the highlight of the match for me, I would say. And everything else after that was downhill. So I'm going to pick a bong as uh, my man of the match.
0: Yeah, I don't think he necessarily was the best player on the pitch. But just f- for the fact that he was able to <clears throat> excuse me, finally break through and get that all-important first goal, I think will be really, really, really good for him. And, yeah, we'll give him the honorary man of the match for, for finally doing that. Okay. Okay. On to the X new York Red Bulls 2 report. Your favorite Rafi Diaz and Sac Republic were off this week. Noah Powder uh, started, went 90 minutes for Orange County in a one nothing win over Fresno FC. Kyle Rainish to the goalie in that match. Noah Powder starting in the midfield, which I think was really interesting as a, as a winger, and scores the game-winning goal in that one nothing win. He also picked up a yellow card there. Dan Metzger played in both of Penn, FC matches, uh, Penn FC's matches this week. He started and played 90-plus-1 uh, minutes in a one nothing win over Indy. He came out in stoppage time. Uh, and he started and played 45 minutes in a one nothing loss to North Carolina FC. Tampa Bay Junior Flemings came off the bench, played 27 minutes in a one nothing win over Atlanta United. Stefano Bonomo and David and uh, Najem are both hurt nashville was off this week so no brandon allen news uh Corey herzog came off the bench played 22 minutes in a 1-1 draw with uh real monarchs slc for st louis and started and played a uh, 90 minutes in a 4-3 win over swope park rangers he picked up a yellow card in that match and provided the assist on the opening goal uh kyle rainish we discussed he was in net uh, for the 1-0 loss to Orange County. Zach Carroll and Reno, 1868. He started and played 90 minutes in a 1-0 win over the LA Galaxy 2. Conrad Plava is getting regular minutes now for uh, the Monarchs. He started and played 90 minutes in that 1-1 draw that we mentioned with St. Louis. He picked up a yellow card in that match. Speedy Williams and Louisville City. He started and played 63 minutes in a 2-2 draw with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Uh, Louisville City coughed up two goals at the very end of that match uh, to draw uh, uh, Pittsburgh and it, it would have been a chance for them to leap over Pittsburgh uh, back into second place but at last they stay in third for now uh, Mike DeFonta did not play for Phoenix Rising in their one nothing win over Seattle Sounders FC2 Carl we met uh, in Indy 11 he started and played 90 minutes in that one nothing loss to Penn FC that we mentioned earlier Scott Thompson uh, started and played 90 minutes in a 2-0 loss to Ottawa for the Richmond Kickers. Uh, overseas, I've got good news today. I did find out some stuff about Morius Obakop, so we'll be getting to that in a moment. Uh, Zika Lewis, and HK, uh, HK Kopavadjer, 2nd uh, Division of Iceland, he did not play in a 3-0 win over Reykjavik. Uh, uh Copa Vodger is in first place after 21 matches in a 12-team league in the second division of Iceland. So congrats, Zico. Uh, David Abador and FC Haka, he was not in the 18 for a 2-1 win over Kajani. Kajani, I think it is. Uh, they are in sixth place after 22 matches in a 10-team league. Tim Schmoll uh, and Dover Athletic, they get the award for worst ex-New York Red Bulls 2 standing in a foreign league. He started and played 90 minutes in a 2-0 loss to Solihull Moors. They are in 24th place after 11 matches out of how many teams, Bill?
1: I'm not even looking. How many teams, Joe? <laughs>
0: 24 teams. <laughs> They're in 24th wow. place of 24 teams. <laughs> Morius Obakop and FC Zimbru Kisinau, the, the in the Moldovan National Division. He came off the bench and played 34 minutes in a 3-0 loss to FC Sheriff. Uh now is in fourth place after twenty matches in an eight team league. So they're right in the that's middle.
1: An interesting uh team name to lose to FC Sheriff.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's right or if it's Sharif, but I'm going with Sheriff. It looks like Sheriff. Uh Aram Basulovic and Nyshaping's Beast, that's the third division in Sweden. He started and played ninety minutes in a one nothing win over Aramieska Sirianska. I think that's correct. Uh, They are in 11th place after 22 matches in a 16-team league. And that's it for our ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, the mystery interview. Stick around. And we're back, joining me now for a very special interview. We had a guest this week. They canceled. We have rescheduled with them. Uh, So this week, I'm taking that opportunity to interview our own Bill Toomey. Hello, Bill. Thanks for being on the show. No problem. I haven't (laughs) been
1: on the show before, so it's good to be on.
0: Certainly not on this side of the the firing line. Yes. If you will. (laughs) That is for sure. Bill, First time. We've been working together, I think, what four years now?
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I want to say right. it's been right around four years. You know, between uh, last word, right, with starting with Russ and yeah, hard to believe it's been uh, it's been that long. But yeah, a it's long been about four strange years. trip.
0: But I don't know that much of your background before this, right? So sure. uh, let let's start at the beginning. When did you first pick up a camera a- and? look at it more than just, you know, point and shoot photography?
1: I would say uh, probably back in 2012 or so, I was doing a lot of traveling and uh, I wanted to take some cool pictures. So I looked in to buying a, a camera that was better than just a point and shoot camera. And that's kind of when things started coming together. And I had my first, it wasn't even like a professional camera, but just a a camera that, you know, is a decent camera that could take some, some good photos. So, definitely around 2012, I was traveling up to to Canada and like all these different places and went to Las Vegas and whatnot. So, I wanted a, a cool camera, and that's when I first bought a camera.
0: And how do you make that transition then from just taking pictures or, or trying to make cool pictures to trying to uh, move into a more professional realm and football photography or soccer photography?
1: So, it, it first started. Really, with uh, concert photography, so I would go to a few local clubs around here in New Jersey. Went to uh, like Mexicali Blues was one of them. And T
0: Neck, uh, right? Bats. Yeah. Okay.
1: Went to D- uh, went to Dink Bats in Clifton, and I always loved live music growing up. I mean, I went to my first concert when I was like 14 to see the Scorpions with Dio and Deep Purple. Oh so, my goodness!
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait! That is amazing. Uh, yes. Before you go on, I need to know what were you wearing to that show? What what was fourteen year old okay. Bill wearing?
1: I I can't even remember what I was wearing to the show. I what do year remember... was that?
0: What's that? What year was that?
1: Two thousand two, man. Okay. June thirtieth, two thousand two.
0: Okay, so you I'm know, trying. I'm I trying to like in my head figure out what pretty much, so. what, what uh, were the the hip fashions for metalheads in two thousand two
1: back then i wasn't even a metalhead i was just you know i loved rock and roll and going to a rock show and that's how uh it kind of all started you know my dad being into concerts and rock music he's like oh, i got his tickets to the scorpions and i was like all right awesome
0: oh that's awesome
1: yeah so from there that would you know be my first concert and i loved music so already had uh a big passion for music and loving music and whatnot and then I picked up photography and got into cameras and first came along music so I started uh reaching out to different artists and photographing their concerts so I photographed Joe Bonamassa first and then like Pat Travers and it just kind of went out from there and I made my own website as a uh a way to really get my photos out there and also have a news website that I could use and promote artists on and that was a way to get in and you know, get photo passes going.
0: There you go. And so, at that point, how did you end up hooking up with Russ?
1: So, uh, Russ and I worked together actually, and I was at work one day, and uh, I had my Red Bull scarves on because back then, you know, 2013 or so, I was a season ticket holder, and they at that point gave out those awesome boxes with the scarves, mm-hmm. and you got the jacket and all that. So, wear my scarf one day during the winter, and Russ walks by and. Sees my scarf, and uh, it was the Rebel scarf. We started talking about soccer. So we started going to uh, different games together, and we used to have an awesome time tailgating out there in the old Lot A before they uh, built up all those apartments and where they're putting in, I think, a parking garage now and yep. all that. So we used to tailgate all the time in, in Lot A. And I think Russ had already been writing for Last Word on Sports covering hockey, if I'm not mistaken. And he got into writing about soccer. So the first soccer game that we covered, because Russ pretty much said, you know, hey, I know you like to take photos. How about you take photos and I'll do the writing. So back to the summer of 2014, Manchester City and Liverpool game at Yankee Stadium was Mm -hmm. the first game that we applied for together for last word and got in and that's, covered. That's that the first
0: the, game you photographed?
1: That was the first game I ever photographed. Wow.
0: How, yeah. did, how did it go in terms of your experience?
1: Oh, so I really didn't have the gear at that time that could take any types of like,
0: sports <laughs> photos. <laughs> sure.
1: So <laughs> me being you know uh, a guy who wants to learn more, I rented gear, pretty much had no idea what I was doing with it. And uh, I rented a camera and a lens. What if even – no, it was just one camera and a lens because I had another camera too. So I had two camera bodies with lenses attached and the camera I rented, I didn't even know how to use. And somehow the photos came out all right. And that was the first you know, game. I remember sitting there on the sideline behind the goal and just looking up at the crowd. I'm like, this is pretty awesome sitting on the field of Yankee Stadium. You know, and seeing all these people in the crowd cuz it was one of those sold out games. That sure.
0: I was at that match, Bill. I was yes. up. I was up in a luxury box with my old company.
1: I remember that. I remember <laughs> you saying that. And that was one of those crazy games too where it went to a penalty kick shootout.
0: Yes. It was 1-1 one, one in regulation, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. 1-1 one, one, and then it went to the penalty kicks, which was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty wild. So, uh in that uh, in, well, all right. Let's let's take one step back and then we'll we'll move forward again. <coughs> you, when did you start noticing the Red Bulls and then going to matches? What was what was the impetus there?
1: So I got into the Red Bulls uh, through another coworker, of mine Charles. He had uh, season tickets because he was always into soccer. He reps it on the side, and one of the buddies that uh, had the tickets with them. He couldn't go to a few games. So I would always go with him when his one friend couldn't go. And that's how I first got introduced to the Red Bulls. So I remember one of the first games I went to where Henri's, you know, standing at the corner there and he kicks the ball and he gets an Olympico and the goal was just insane. The ball went in the net and I couldn't believe it. And that moment right there is pr- probably what hooked me on the Red Bulls because that was pretty much one of the first games I went to.
0: Wow, and I'm um, what a game! Tim Cahill also scored his first goal in that match. That was against Columbus.
1: Yeah, that was the Columbus Crew game.
0: Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, in your in your time photographing for the team and like kind of coming up to speed then uh, as a photographer and like trying to figure out uh, the the process behind it all, were there any uh, uh, photographers that were kind of mentoring you through that process?
1: Um. Not, not really. I just searched Google and tried to find out what other people were doing, and you know, looking on YouTube and things like that. And I kind of was able to use what other people were doing and mix some other things into it, and just kind of use my own style or my own settings on my camera. It was a lot of reading online to see what other people were doing and trying things out. A lot of trial and error because you're not going to get every picture that's perfect. I mean, most photographers will tell you they shoot hundreds of photos per game and then you might come out with just, you know, 25% if you're lucky. So there's a lot of pictures taken each game where it's like, oh, you know, that's, that's not the right moment. If someone's going up for a header, you know, your camera's doing 10 frames per second. You know, you could take 40 photos or so in just a few seconds and it adds up real quick.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, what is your favorite moment from being a photographer uh, so far?
1: Probably would have to be when Red Bulls two won the USL Cup at Red Bull Arena. Just being there and seeing a team that, you know, we've been working with supporting and following, winning a a cup and being able to be there on the field and photographing that experience was was definitely awesome and probably one of the best memories
0: yeah that, i I would agree as that's one of my favorite uh, memories as a journalist because this all uh, this whole podcast came to be around that team that just yeah. coalesced into this juggernaut uh, and yeah pretty special thing for sure okay Bill, thank you so much uh, for helping us out and being a guest this week but now you know what time it is
1: for the lightning round
0: it's time for the lightning round and i'm going to throw a couple of curveballs at you but i think you know the majority of these questions so you've had plenty of time to think about these yes so no excuses (laughs) okay all right i'm ready popcorn yes or no yes star wars or star trek star wars marvel or gc marvel your favorite team to play as in fifa
1: This is rough because I like so many different teams. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, man, Real Madrid.
0: Okay. Desert Island. You can bring three uh, albums with you.
1: Three albums? Three albums.
0: Desert Island. Island.
1: definitely not a lightning round type question. No, it's (laughs) not.
0: I told you there's going to be some curveballs.
1: Probably acdc live would be number one uh number two would probably be uh joe bonamassa blues deluxe which is an awesome cd and number three i can always listen to disturbed live at red rocks on repeat because it's such an awesome live show
0: that is uh, that in itself is a curveball i did not see that after acdc and joe bonamassa disturbed very interesting. <laughs> um, Okay, you're on death row. What's your last meal?
1: Death row and last meal. It would have to be... Oh, man, it's another hard question, Joe. These are not lightning round questions. (laughs) (laughs) So many things to think about. Um, Death row here. If I had to be on death row and have one big last meal... In Florent Park, there's an Italian place called Nona's, and they have awesome Italian food and pizza. So I would go there and try to order everything off the menu and have <laughs> a big, last, fantastic meal.
0: <laughs> nice. You will, uh, you could, well, so the nice thing about having such a big meal before your execution is you'd probably be asleep by the time. And it the was... one
1: time I did go there, Stefan Bonomo was walking out and he held the door for me. So,
0: Stefano Bonomo see- at Nona's. Yes. <laughs> Bonomo at Nonas. I love yes. it. Yes.
1: It almost has like a rhyme to it. No, no,
0: Bonomo. I like it. There we go. Um, okay. Last but not least, who is the least funny Raising Bulls host?
1: Anthony Merced.
0: Oh, poor Anthony. I got Look, I'm going to answer this question right now. And uh, it's not because. Like, Anthony is a funny guy, I would say. <laughs> Joe Steen, not as funny. He's very serious.
1: I agree. I'm just <laughs> trolling Anthony, though. So okay. think it's not funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair pick, fair pick. Bill, uh, thank you so much for being a good sport. Uh, I imagine you're going to be at the game uh, this Saturday for Toronto FC two or Toronto FC, correct?
1: Yes, I will be there.
0: So, folks, if you are at Red Bull Arena, look for Bill in his yellow bib photographing. You could see the process, what it's like for one of the masters. And, of course, uh, check out uh, rbnn.us afterwards, that Red Bull News Network, to check out uh, Bill's game day gallery uh, piece that will, I'm sure, be coming up as well. Yes. With that, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to preview the match against Charlotte Independence and look at the USL playoffs. Stick around. and we're back. Now we're going to preview the match against Charlotte Independence before we talk the USL playoffs. Charlotte 9-11 and 8 overall, -12 goal differential. They are 2-2 and 1 in their last 5 games. Currently, they're sitting way down in 13th place, but they're they're really not that far off from a playoff spot, just 6 points. Uh, at home, they are 7-3 and 5. In their last 5 matches, uh, they have two wins against Richmond and Nashville, a loss or losses against North Carolina FC and Louisville and a draw against Pittsburgh. Their leaders, Jorge Herrera, uh, the old man, still getting it done. 10 goals this season and Cordell Cato, uh, sitting just behind him with eight. Uh, their assists are spread out amongst their midfield. Pretty well. Samuel Vines, uh, Alex Martinez, both have four Cordell Cato, K Vosser and Jorge Herrera each have three last time out. Uh, they came to Red Bull Arena. They got their butts whooped four to two. I or not Red Bull Arena? That was at MSU Soccer Park. Sorry, my mistake. Uh, but I mean, we got to talk about uh, the Red Bulls on the road and how they are continuing to just find ways to not get those results uh, away from MSU. They are o five and eight. Yes, that's eight points on the road, which I guess is not uh, the worst thing in the world. But at this point last season, they had already begun uh, to win on the road and, and started to build some momentum. What is it going to take for them to find a result other than, you know, the, the most obvious, uh, outscore the opponent and lock down uh, on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty much hit the nail on the head there. It's hard to say, but, you know, how does Charlotte lose to North Carolina FC 6-2 to back on August 25th? That's just like amazing i don't i don't know we're seeing a lot of weird high score games i got this i guess this year in the usl so that's interesting for sure
0: it's always kind of wacky so look i mean they beat nashville who i think is a pretty good team and is ahead of them in the standings they lost north carolina who is not very good uh and louisville which makes sense but they drew pittsburgh which makes no sense at all um the other thing that we got to talk about the team has not looked as, uh, yes, they scored three goals against Toronto FC, and yes, he got his first goal uh, in that match, but the team has not looked as good offensively since Abang has been back. Andreas Ivan also spending time with the team, although I don't know if we'll see him uh, traveling down to Charlotte this week, because I imagine the first team's going to want him around. But is he is he becoming sort of you know an issue? Should he keep starting?
1: It's a good tough question because it kind of brings up the point. You know, how many games or how many chances do you give somebody to start? You know, without showing any goal scoring capabilities and all that before (laughs) before you you know you kind of cut that
0: right. And you know, it's a pretty critical time in their season if they want to make the playoffs. Uh, So I I don't know. it, It could be a sticking point over the next couple of games. I'd like to see him now. He scored that goal. He's got it off his back. Let's see him now get rolling. And a, a team like Charlotte might be a good place for him to start. He, I know that Abang. he has speed. He's not the fastest guy, but uh, the way he can hold the ball up might be good against sort of a, a more physical back line uh, like Charlotte. Yeah, and then, I mean, it, it oh, will sorry, help.
1: Um, sorry to cut you off there, but no, I no, just wanted fine. to say, too, that you know just looking at the match history between Charlotte and Red Bull too. Whenever there's been a away game in Charlotte, there's never been a win there for Red Bulls too. Right. Out of all the matches played, there's been one tie, but the rest of the games played at Charlotte have all been losses. So.
0: And they desperately need a win on the road so badly. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that we can look at is Jean-Christophe uh, Kofi. He signed with the team a couple of weeks ago. How are we going to see him in this match? Is it is it still too early to to expect him to be able to contribute in a meaningful way?
1: Well, it's kinda that point of the or time of the year rather where kinda everything's out on the table, so it's definitely a possibility. It almost makes you wonder too if they're gonna try to keep Brian White with Rebels too, you know, during this stretch because he had such a good part of the beginning of the year there where he was pretty much on fire. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, too, if they're going to try to keep him with Red Bulls, too, rather than, you know, be a a part of the 18 with the first team.
0: Well, it's tough. You know, are are they going to keep a bong down or Brian down? And I would imagine that Brian is going to be uh, going back to the first team more regularly. Um, Okay, let's get a prediction.
1: Uh, I'm not feeling a win in Charlotte. I'm going to hope for a tie. I'm going to go with 2-2.
0: I'm going to call this a 3-1 loss. I don't see it happening. Charlotte is pretty good at home, and uh, they play a good counterattack, which is usually a problem for the Red Bulls. So uh, don't look for a win this week, guys. I, I, neither of us see it coming, so of course yeah. that means it'll happen.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to go bet now in Atlantic City that they're going to win.
0: There you go. Um, let's talk the playoffs. We looked at this last week. Um, From spot six, actually, let's go all the way up to five. Five to 13 in the Eastern Conference are separated by 10 points. Okay? so close. At the line, it's just six points back from uh, seven to 13, which is crazy. Crazy how close that is. Ottawa is winning. They've won two in a row. They're sitting in seventh place just above the Red Bulls at 12, 13, and 5. Red Bulls have a game in hand, but, you know, all of these games, a lot of these games are on the road, which is a problem. Nashville with a game in hand on the Red Bulls and just two points behind them, so that's a, a scary possibility. And this coming week, Nashville is going to be taking on uh, Charleston at home, so that that's a big one for them. But their next three matches are Charleston, Atlanta, and New York. Those are all winnable games for Nashville, and uh, should they win all of those, you could expect them pretty much to stamp their ticket to the playoffs. North Carolina FC, just below them. They're one point back from that, so three points out of the the final playoff position. They've got Atlanta, Charleston, and Richmond. Again, another soft schedule that could help push them uh, over the playoff line. Tampa Bay, creeping up. They won two of their last three. Uh, They beat Atlanta United, like we mentioned uh, during the ex-New York Red Bull 2 report. They've got Richmond, Indy, and Atlanta. Again, more more beatable teams <laughs> for, for Tampa Bay. <laughs> Penn FC, uh, they've got three wins in their last five matches. They have a much harder time. Their next three matches are Louisville, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. So you know maybe we can look at them and write them off at this point. Charlotte, this week's opponent, They have a match midweek, which could obviously impact uh, what we see for the weekend. Uh, They're playing Charleston, New York, and Pittsburgh. That's a much tougher road to hoe, but we can expect them probably to get three points out of there. Uh, And yeah, that's it. We're not going to go through Atlanta because they're just about eliminated. They will be eliminated probably by the end of the week. What, what? are the chances right now if you had to give the red bulls uh, a line that they would make the playoffs uh, what would the what would your odds be on that
1: i just don't see it at all happening this year
0: yeah you think it's done
1: yeah i think with the amount of games that are left on the road even though we in our know, playing teams that are not entirely the best it just seems that we're doomed yeah. On, right. the, on the road, as people would say, you know, that's so metro. Well, it's kind of true. <laughs>
0: Unfortunately,
1: yeah. uh, we even have an away game in, in North Carolina, you know, in the beginning of October, there, the first Sunday of October. So, North Carolina is going to be playing hard, too, because they're at home and they definitely want to try to make the playoffs. And they're just a few points below us inside of that range that we were just talking about. So,
0: all three of the Red Bull's next opponents are teams that are within striking distance. Yeah. Of the playoffs, uh, Nashville, like we mentioned, they're only two points back. Uh, Charlotte is six points back, and North Carolina is only three points back. So they desperately need to pick up points in these matches. At the very least, if they draw all those matches, that's something. It'll help push them along. But they and it obviously stops the teams that are, are trying to, you know, catch up to them but they need to pick up those points. They need These are huge six-point matches, and uh, I think they're going to need every bit of uh, insane luck and uh, uh, superstition that they could possibly get.
1: Yeah, we're definitely going to need all of it and then some.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give them 10-to-1 odds right now of making the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it for us. We're going to call it a night. Uh, we don't have a lot to talk about today but i'm sure we'll have more in a week as things become more and more bleak around here that's my kind of <laughs> that's my kind of place
1: as the picture becomes clear yeah.
0: uh, if you want to follow us on twitter i am at underscore joe goldstein
1: and i'm at bill tnj
0: and if you'd like to follow the show and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bullcast. That's one bull raising bull Cast, and of course that's all on Twitter. You can find us at Facebook.com slash raising bulls. You can go to raisingbulls.com where we have all of our episodes. And you can send us questions there to Questions at raisingbulls That's Questions at RaisingBulls.com. Bill, where can they find us?
1: Questions at raisingbulls.com.
0: That's right. And you can listen to us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. Find us, rate us, review us. It means everything to us. Hashtag Merced in. I'm still going with that. (laughs) (laughs) You can listen to us at BGN.FM with a host of other great shows like Back Chat, St. Louis Soccer Report, uh, LWSC. Uh, last word, SC. we I have been a guest on there many a time. Matt Pollard does a real nice job. Uh, Play the Kids, Six Point Weekend, Speedway Soccer, and so much more. They've got great podcasts, great written content. Absolutely head over to bgn.fm and listen to some of that stuff. And, of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Please, please, please... Come on over to the Red Bulls News Network. We've got lots and lots of great content uh, just about every day of the week. Whether you're uh, looking for news about the MLS, the USL, the Academy, or Red Bull Global Teams, we've got you covered with a ton of great writers. And of course, uh, our very own Bill Toomey providing so many of those photographs. You can find us at rbnn.us, rbnn.us. And you can follow us on Twitter at rbnewsnetwork. For myself and Bill you I mean, thank you very much, and have a great night.